0: Ready to preach now. I mean, just, I mean, that's mm-mm good. That's just, that's just. I heard that three times today. I mean, just three times a day. You want to know who's blessed? This guy right here. This guy. This guy right here. Thank you, Jessica and Kate and Josh. If you need a Bible, raise your hand. If you have one, go with me to the book of Acts chapter 8. The book of Acts chapter 8, we are in a series focusing on what it means to follow the missionary God. What does it mean to follow the missionary God that God has called all of us to be on mission following him? And before I get into that, just a a quick note here that uh, in your bulletin, there's a couple of things I want you to take note of. Number one, there is an insert of Dr. King's letter from Birmingham jail. Uh, I want to encourage you to read this uh, today, tomorrow. Uh, and so it's an important uh, letter. Uh, I think that speaks to our time today, very poignant words. And so just make sure you take that home and um, you, you take that in. And then secondly, there's another insert that just says, Missio Dei, following the missionary God. If you didn't get this, make sure you just get this on your way out. I'm going to refer to this at the end of the message here, because to be on mission is to be very practical, you know, I want to get very practical as we continue this series. We're going to be in the book of Acts chapter 8, beginning in verse number 26. Uh, hear the word of the Lord. It says, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Kandig, which means queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship and on his way home he was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah, the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stand near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading, Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. And this was the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading from Isaiah 53. It says, he was led like a sheep to the slaughter and as a lamb before its shearer is silent. So he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants for his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. What can stand in the way of me being baptized?' And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azotus and traveled about, preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. Caesarea. I'm going to talk about what it means to be led by the Spirit into mission. What does it mean to be led by the Spirit into mission? Uh, Lord Jesus, we offer our time to you today. Open our eyes. Give us revelation, illumination. Lord, give us everything we need as we look at this passage today. And Lord, would you open our eyes, our ears, and our hearts, and may Jesus be glorified in our midst. We pray this in Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. But one of the greatest gifts of my life as a follower of Jesus is becoming a Christian in a church that believed that God loved to speak to his people. I became a Christian in a small Latino Pentecostal church that taught me that God's Spirit wanted to lead me every day in my conversations, in my decisions, in my thinking. And I believe that God wants to lead us and speak to us for the purpose of our transformation. And I saw that very beautifully in my father's life. I've mentioned my conversion story before. I've mentioned that 15 family members came to Jesus on one night in 1999. But just to share an important part of the story again, the reason my parents came to Christ was because the Holy Spirit led them there in a particular powerful way. I was walking one day uh, home after being dumped by a girlfriend. That was just the story of my teenage life. <laughs> and so as I'm walking home, I get home, and I notice that my brother and uh, sisters were not home. They were at a church that I used to attend as a kid but hadn't gone to in a long time. My mother and father were home. My father was coming off of a hangover. My mother was in the kitchen cooking. And so I wanted to go to that church where I was I grew up in and spent some times there, especially in my early years, because I wanted some form of comfort. And so I got to the church, and about 15 minutes after I got to the church, my father walked in, and my mother walked in as well. And I could tell that there was a sense of urgency to them because the way that they walked in, my father walked in with his pajamas still on. He walked down with no socks and sneakers and a Mets jacket and a Mets hat. Very strange, very peculiar. And so by the end of the service, the the, the pastor gave an invitation, who wants to come to Christ? And 15 family members responded to Jesus on one night. When I got home, I asked my father, why did you come to the church? He never goes to church. My mother never goes to church. And my father very simply said, I don't know if it was audible or inaudible, but I heard a voice say, follow him. And I don't know if that meant follow Jesus or follow Rich, but because Rich is going to church to see Jesus, he put two and two together and said, I guess that means follow him to church. And at that moment, my father's life, as well as my life, my family's life, was transformed. I believe that God speaks to us. There's one thing I want you to see in this sermon series and beginning today, that when God speaks, however, his word is not just for us. God wants to lead us by his spirit for the sake of mission, that is for others. And so I want you to hold on to this, that to be people on mission requires us to have an openness to the leading of the spirit in our lives. If we're going to be people on mission, it requires us to have an openness to the spirit in our lives, the leading of the spirit in our lives, because God is a communicating God. And God is a God who wants to lead us in this way. And in my life as a follower of Jesus, I've had particular moments when I deeply sense the Spirit leading me into mission or leading me, uh, generally speaking. I recall a particular moment when I was 22 years old. I was at Nyack College, and I was in a class on leadership and administration. And I remember exactly where I was sitting. I remember the classroom like it was yesterday. I was in the front row all the way to the right-hand side. And this professor was talking about different models of leadership, church planting, pastoring, different models of leadership. And folks were talking about what kind of pastor they want to be, who wants to start churches, at Et cetera, etc, cetera. And I recall very strongly that at that moment that this I felt God say to me, you're not called to start a church from scratch. what you're going to do is you're going to build on what someone else has done. And very clearly, I heard that deep down as a 22 year old sitting in NIA college in the front row on the right hand side of the classroom, this is what you're not going to start something, you're going to build on what someone else has planted. And some 16 years later, here I am building on what someone else has planted. That was in my college life. After college, graduating, the year after I graduated college, I sensed God lead me again as it pertained to Rosie, my wife. She wasn't my wife at the time. Uh, I met Rosie at the Brooklyn Tabernacle. Our cousin hooked us up, and I remember the first time... We went on a date together. It was a group date with my cousins, and we were going to watch a movie, but Rosie had to drive to Long Island first to drop off her sister, and then we were going to go to Manhattan. But we were watching The Matrix or something like that, and my cousin was like, listen, we got to hurry up. We're going to miss the movie. Why don't we just like leave, and maybe you can catch up with her another time? And I'm thinking, bro, you're married, all right? It's easy for you to save. That's, all right, can I get to know the lady a little bit here? And he responded, he said, you know what, you better marry this girl, we're going to miss, you better marry this girl. And in that moment, I don't know if it was God or it was me, but I just thought, I'm going to marry this Woman. Now, it might have been me because she was looking good that day and and she had on these brown shoes and this brown corduroy jacket and her hair was all blow-dried out. It was just like slow motion blowing in the wind as I saw her. I said, Oh, this is it. This is the spirit. This is the spirit leading me right now to this woman. I changed my church real quick. Oh, God's calling me to that church. That's the church that God's calling me to. I just sensed the Holy Spirit moving very powerfully in my life today. Now, God speaks to us, of course, for our own benefit, but I want you to see that God speaks to us for the sake of others, for the sake of mission. And so to be people on mission requires us to have an openness to the leading of the Spirit. And that's what we see in our text today. The book of Acts is often known as the Acts of the Apostles, and rightly so because we see a lot of activity through these pages. We see the apostles preaching and teaching and healing and casting out demons. We see them serving the poor. We see them evangelizing. We see them on mission. But it's important to note that the book of Acts is not just the Acts of the Apostles. Primarily, the book of Acts should be known as the Acts of the Holy Spirit, because it is the Holy Spirit that is the primary actor in the book of Acts. It is the Holy Spirit that has a will. It's the Holy Spirit that has a way. And so what we see in the book of Acts is not the Holy Spirit as a tool that the apostles use to impact the world. No, what we see is the Holy Spirit using people as a tool to impact the world. The Holy Spirit is a free person with a will, with a plan, with a mission, and the Holy Spirit freely invites us into what God is already doing. And what we see in chapter 8 is a man who's led by the Holy Spirit, a man by the name of Philip. Now, in this chapter, there's a lot of things happening in chapter 8. And due to persecution and, and all the other stuff that was happening, the church had to scatter but what I love about this chapter in particular is after they're being persecuted, the church doesn't go into hiding. What it says in verse four are these words, those who had been scattered, preached the word wherever they went. And I love that verse because the church is so energized to be on mission that there's nothing that can stop them from proclaiming the good news. And so in this chapter, there's so much activity. They're persecution, they're still proclaiming the gospel. They're praying for new believers to receive a baptism of the Holy Spirit's power. And after all of that activity, we see the story focuses on one disciple named Philip. And when we pick up in the story, we don't know if Philip was praying. We don't know if he was eating. We don't know if he was walking. We don't know. All we know is that an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip these words, and it said this, Go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. Now, we don't know much about the details about how this happened. We know that angels are spiritual beings. Angels are messengers of God. Perhaps uh, there was an angel who took on a f- the form of a human being, maybe, and, and, and gave Philip direction, and Philip went along his way, and he thought back and said, that must have been an angel who gave me that kind of direction. Maybe the angel came up in a kind of mysterious, uh, supernatural way and gave Philip a kind of direction that he should go. However it happened, whether it was audible, inaudible, whether it was in Philip's soul or he heard it audibly, my guess is that he had this deep, unshakable sense that could only be described as a heavenly direction. And Philip gets these specific instructions. He doesn't know what's waiting for him. All he hears is clear, directional language, and upon hearing this, the Bible says these words, so he started out, and I love that, because often, that's not how it happens for us. God speaks to us, and we go, I got to think about that. God speaks to us, and we go,
1: nah, that can't be God.
0: God speaks to us and make God, you crazy? I'm not going to do that. But the Bible says, so he started out. He just starts walking. The angel of the Lord spoke to him. We don't know how it came. And he just starts out on. This is a, that's a verse of obedience, a voice of courage, a voice of someone who's living faithfully to Jesus. And so Philip is on his way. He's walking. He doesn't know where he's going. And he comes across an Ethiopian eunuch. A eunuch was, uh, the chief treasurer of a wealthy kingdom. And, and so Philip is, uh, this, this eunuch is sitting in an ancient Uber ride. <laughs> he's in his chariot and he's gone to Jerusalem to worship and he's heading home and he's reading the book of Isaiah. The story says that the spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Now, we don't know if the chariot was caught in traffic and Philip just stopped there. We don't know if it was moving very slowly and Philip just walked alongside the chariot. But Philip is waiting for instructions. He's faithful enough to just be in close proximity to where God has called him to be. And in that moment, Philip begins to overhear this person reading out loud from the scriptures maybe the person was reading to the person who was driving maybe he was reading to himself but he's reading the book of isaiah chapter 53 out loud so that philip could hear it and so philip runs it says these words in verse 30 then philip ran to the chariot heard the man reading isaiah the prophet and philip asked do you understand what you're reading and the person responded how can i unless someone explains it to me and so he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. And here they have it a little Bible study and a little Uber there. And Philip explains Isaiah 53, talks about Jesus, baptizes this man, and then the story says that Philip vanishes. It's the only time where he kind of transported. I'm waiting for that spiritual gift. Lord, would you give me that spiritual gift? I just want to, boom, I just want to be over there, all right? And Philip kind of just transports. It's a supernatural miracle that happened here. And what we see is a person was transformed because he was listening to the Holy Spirit, sending him on mission. And what I want you to see is just two very simple truths and a very practical truths for us. What does it mean to be led by the Spirit on a day-in and day-out basis? And I want to talk about two simple truths out of this story. The first one is this. To be led by the Spirit in the context of mission is about being open to spontaneous moments. That we're open to spontaneous moments. In this story, we see that the spirit leads in spontaneous moments. Philip didn't get up that morning and say, okay, let's put this on the calendar at 10 a.m. I'm going to meet an Ethiopian eunuch, and then I'll follow through, and then I'll do this at 12. He had no clue that this was happening. This was a spontaneous moment. And to live, to be led by the spirit means that God might call us at any moment, to demonstrate something of his love, to demonstrate something of his grace, to demonstrate something of his truth, and this is what we see with Philip. Philip had an openness to him. He had an immediacy of the Spirit to him. The Holy Spirit spoke, and Philip started out. And so to be led by the Spirit means that we have a posture of openness That when we make decisions, it's done out of a posture of openness because we know that the Holy Spirit longs to speak to us and speak to us on a day-to-day basis. And so to say yes to the Holy Spirit means that we often say yes to the unfamiliar. Philip, This is unfamiliar territory for him. And yet, he's open to the leading of the Spirit in his life. And so that phrase, spontaneous moment" we have to chew on that this week. We have to reflect on that this week because the Holy Spirit often speaks to us in unplanned ways. Unplanned for us, but known by God throughout eternity, but unplanned by us, and he's inviting us. To say yes, unplanned words of direction, unplanned words of grace, unplanned assignments, unplanned next steps. God the Spirit is always leading us in spontaneity. And I've been the recipient of the obedience of people who have said yes To the spirit's leading in a spontaneous moment. I remember in 2003, I was in Florida after graduating from college, and I was going to drive back up to New York City. I was going to live up here again. My parents were down in Florida. I was going to start seminary, but I didn't have a lot of money. I didn't have a job waiting for me in New York. And so uh, the, I had a couple of, maybe $300 or so, and that was supposed to get me through the week, and maybe I'll find a job, I'll make some phone calls, and maybe something uh, would happen. And so I'm at the church service before I drive up to New York, and I'm at this church service in Florida, and I sense God during the offering time, uh, God speak to me, say, give $75. I'm like, 75 $75. This got 300 on me. God, what are, you, what are you doing to me here? And 75, and initially I said, that can't be the Holy Spirit. God, 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 God wouldn't do that to me. And, and so, um, um, but I can't shake it. I couldn't shake it. And as, you know, the ushers come by and everything like that, and I'm going, oh, and I just thought this is the moment. Boom. I just gave it in there. oh, why can I have it back in the old church? <laughs> In the old church, the church I used to go to, the small Latino Pentecostal churches, they asked for change for us, right? He's a twenty. Give me back ten. This kind of ushers coming back. Who wanted ten? Who wanted five? I mean, just a, just a mess, just a mess. I was about to. Say, Let me get back five. Give me back five. I got to get back home. And so, I give the offering, and when I the next day I drive up to New York. And uh, on the next day after that, I meet my brother in his job. He had a job in the lower Manhattan area. And so I said, let's let's meet. Let's have some lunch together. You're paying. I just gave $75 and uh, give me a slice. And so uh, we're meeting. I'm meeting him at his job. And he's introducing me to his coworkers. Hey, this is my brother Rich. Hey, how are you? Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. And then one lady randomly says to me, do you want a job? and i was going uh, are you going to pay me like you going you you and she said uh, of course, do you want a job? Now, the lady, what's interesting is she had no authority at this place at all. She was like the secretary of the secretary of the secretary, and she said, do you need a job? Do you need a job? Do you want a job? And I said, uh, yeah, I need a job. What kind of job? She said, customer service representative, and there's going to have orientation tomorrow. Send your resume in, and maybe something can happen. And so, I, I, no one knew about this. This lady told me. I put my uh, resume in. The next day, they call me. The next day, after that, I'm at this orientation. Now, a couple of days after that, as I'm meeting the new co-workers, I find out that this lady is a Christian. And she says, when I saw you, I just felt God say, ask him if this man needs a job. And here I am. Listen, you don't know the blessing that you can be to someone's prayer when you're just faithful to what the Spirit and how the Spirit is leading you. There are people all around you that are, you are an answer to their prayer. That when you say yes to the Holy Spirit's direction, say yes to the Spirit's leadership, that you become a blessing that someone is desperately longing for. And God wants to transform us in such a way. That we have room for the spontaneous moments of the Holy Spirit on a day in and day out basis. And I'm convinced that the Spirit is leading us every single day. That those who call themselves followers of Jesus and have the Holy Spirit inside of them, that God is leading us day after day, hour after hour. That sometimes some thoughts that come to your mind, those are not all your thoughts. That sometimes is God depositing something deep down in your spirit and he's calling you to respond in faith. And so to pay attention to spontaneous moments means, Lord, would you help me to discern your leading? There are moments when I'm driving and the Lord will give me a name. The Lord will give me a face and I'm driving and I'll just call the person. Hey, God, you were on my mind. And I don't know if it was God, and sometimes I call them, and they're like, hey, I'm doing great. Thanks for calling. And sometimes I call, and they go, you know what? I'm having a really bad day. You could not have called at a better time. And often than not, I, hear, I see a face, I, I, I get a name, and I often just go, oh, that's just me thinking about someone. But I believe it's often the Spirit of God placing people on our hearts. And the question is, are we going to live in such a way where we are on mission for the sake of? Of others, God has called us, when the Spirit leads us, the Spirit calls us to encourage others, to affirm others, to bless others, to speak life into others. This is how the Spirit wants to use us for the sake of mission wherever we go. I experienced this yesterday, last night. I experienced a kind of leading of the spirit last night where I went to the supermarket. I had to make a little evening run about nine o'clock or so, maybe 7, seven o'clock or so. And I had to pick up a couple of groceries. And as I'm online, I got my groceries and I see a, a, a fairly long line here. And a little boy, he's about 10 years old, and he's packing all the groceries. Packing the groceries, the kid is working so hard. Maybe ten years old, and you know someone would give him a quarter, and someone would give him a little, uh, you know, a uh, fifty cents or so. Maybe someone would throw something in there. So when he packed my groceries, I didn't have a lot, and I just I took out two dollars and I gave it to him. He said, "Thank you very much," and I just I just walked off. Now it was cold last night, and so I got out of the supermarket, cold, and I sensed God say, "Go back and give the boy five more dollars." And I'm thinking, Lord, it's cold, Lord. Lord is cold. <laughs> I'll give it to him. And I just, I just and then I'm thinking, oh, I'm preaching a sermon on spontaneous moments. Of course God would do this to me. And so I just turned back and I said, all right. And I and I turn back and and I see the boy and he he's like, like, did I do anything? And I just said, here, and I just said, Here's five more dollars. Thank you so much. Have a good night. And the boy's face just lit up, just like, thank you so much. Now, I don't know if that boy was praying for five dollars at that moment. <laughs> I don't know if everyone was giving him quarters and dimes. I don't know if he said, Lord, if, if even prayed, pray. I have no idea what was in his mind. But I do know that God very strongly said, go back and give the boy five dollars. And I don't know how that little act is going to change the course of his life. All I can do is be faithful to what God has called me to do. And so we are invited when we feel nudges and prompts, whispers, I don't care what you call it. The leading of the Holy Spirit, God is inviting us to the spontaneity, those spontaneous moments to say yes. The Bible says, so Philip started out in a spontaneous moment. Now, just to, as a side note, a caveat here, a disclaimer here, some people ask, how do you know it's God? How do you know, Pastor Rich, that God was speaking to me in that moment? And I want to make it as simple as I possibly can, give us some simple guidelines, one guideline in particular to know, is it God? Is it me? Is it, here, here it is. And here's the question. How do you know it's God? Here it is. Does this moment produce the fruit of the Spirit? Let's use that as our guidelines here. Does this moment produce the fruit of the Spirit? Paul says the fruit of the Spirit is love, and joy, and peace, and patience, and kindness, and goodness, and faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. If, you're, if, if whatever you're sensing inside of you is producing the fruit of the Spirit, that just might be God leading you. The reality is, To follow Jesus, we make it much more complex than it has to be. That can't be God. No, no, it's just I just don't want to do it. (laughs) I just don't want to risk. I don't want to enter into unfamiliar territory. I don't want to look like a fool. I don't want someone to judge me. I don't want someone to look at me with a side eye. I don't want to do any of that. But the reality is this, the Holy Spirit is dropping revelation on us and leading us every single day. And if and if what God is asking you to do produces the fruit of the Spirit, I take that as that must be God. Now, listen, I say that because some people will walk out of church and get a word of judgment and say, the Lord told me you're going to hell know whatever like that. And that's not the kind of ministry we want to have here, brothers and sisters. And words of judgment, and God, can I just tell you something? And, and, and I sense God say whatever like that. We want to say, if, it's, if we have the guidelines of the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, it is Jesus who's leading us. We make it more complicated than it has to be. And often, day in and day out, God will drop someone's name. God will invite us to do something. God will invite us to go there, to go here. To say this, to be quiet, does this produce the fruit of the Spirit? I want to add one more thing to this, because to be open to spontaneous moments, must. this comes out of a particular foundation of spirituality, and I want to name it this way. We're not just invited to follow God and be led by the Spirit into spontaneous moments, To be led by the Spirit requires a sustained movement towards Jesus and the way of his kingdom. It's very easy to want spontaneous moments, but not have sustained movement. And the question about our lives, when we talk about being led by the Spirit, the question is, is my life, Eugene Peterson called it, a long obedience in the same direction, a long obedience in the same direction, a long obedience in the same direction, a sustained movement towards Jesus? And this is to be our lives, a sustained movement. That doesn't mean that we don't mess up from time to time, but then we pick ourselves back up, and it's a sustained movement towards Jesus. Philip is a man who lives with a sustained movement towards Jesus. The Bible says about Philip that he is a man of faith. It says he is a man that is saturated in Scripture, so much so that when he meets someone who doesn't know what he's reading, he immediately can say, oh, let me tell you what you're reading. This is a man who knows his word. This is a man who reads the Bible. This is a man who understands the scriptures. He's led by Jesus. He's led by the spirit in a constant movement towards Jesus. And when we have a constant sustained movement towards Jesus, that's the ground out of which the Holy Spirit wants to create spontaneous moments. And so you say, I want to be led by the Spirit. Yeah, it requires a sustained movement. This is why we talk about prayer all the time at New Life and silence and solitude. How do you have a sustained movement towards Jesus? Well, you're taking the time to be with Jesus. You're taking the time to sit with Jesus. You're taking the time to be silent with Jesus. You're taking the time to be in the Scriptures. Taking the time to slowly read how the Scriptures And how God wants to speak to us through these powerful words. We have a sustained movement when we gather on Sunday mornings. We have a sustained movement when we gather in community in small groups. Our lives are about a sustained movement towards Jesus. And a sustained movement towards Jesus means that there's to be a a radical reordering of our lives. So that we are consistently moving in his direction. And so, in, in, in short, uh, to be led by the Spirit into mission is to be open to spontaneous moments while living a life of sustained movement, and the former is contingent on the latter. The first thing is dependent on the second thing. And the more we are in a sustained movement towards Jesus, the more open to the Holy Spirit we can Become now to have to be to be to be uh, to have the sustained movement towards Jesus is very practical, brothers and sisters. This is a reordering of our lives, and this is why I put in this in your hand in your bulletin here. I I, I put this insert here because to be led by the Spirit is very practical. It's very easy to live in a world of esoteric and supernatural and mystery there, and I'm open to all of that there. But it's a lot more practical than we think. It's about reordering our lives in such a way where our lives are about Jesus. Our lives are about Jesus. And so I put some practical way, and I want to encourage you as you read this over today, as you read this over tomorrow, that you would circle one or two things here. How do you sense God leading you here? A couple of practical things here. I put, you know, how how do we be on, how are we on mission in 2018? That we eat with other people. A sustained movement. That we have 21 opportunities in a given week, give or take, to eat. If you're eating three day, three meals a day, seven days a week, 21 opportunities to eat with someone. And it just might be one person who doesn't know Christ, one person who's having a hard time. But 21 opportunities to reorder our lives in such a way to move towards others in mission. Whether we're talking about joining an existing ministry or starting a small group in your home and, and creating a space for hospitality or knowing your name, the names and stories of your neighbors. One of the things I've been doing over the past four or five years or so is being very intentional with my neighbors, knowing their names and knowing their stories. You'd be surprised how many people live in close proximity to each other for years upon years upon years upon years. And we go, what is their name? And it's awkward to ask them their name because you've lived there for 20 years. And if you just say, listen, I never got your name, man. It's just awkward. So we don't even say hi anymore. We just avoid them or say bro or sir or man or whatever it is. But God has been calling me, know the names of your neighbors. And you walk around the neighborhood, say hi. And for a guy from East New York, Brooklyn, that's very foreign for me, just to say hi. That got me into some fights back in the day. Just say, hey, what's up? What do you mean, what's up? What are you looking at? Brother, I'm just saying, what's up? (laughs) But there is a radical reordering of our lives. Whether we're talking about hanging out with work colleagues or whatever it is, that our lives are on a sustained movement towards Jesus which requires a radical reordering of our lives. And what it really really means is this. It doesn't mean that we have to add more stuff to our lives to be on mission. What it means is we take the, the, our, our lives that exist right now and we connect God to it. Some people say, I just don't got time to volunteer. I don't got time to do this. I don't have time to do that. We're not asking you to do something totally new. I'm inviting us. I believe God's inviting us to invite God into what you're already doing and to make it purposeful and to make it missional. The invitation that God has for us is seen in this life of Philip, that God prompts him, God nudges him. Philip says yes, and Philip becomes an answer to this man's question. The man asks a very simple question. He says, how can I understand unless someone explains it to me? The man is in his own spiritual life, I don't even know what's before me. I don't understand the word here. And Philip comes alongside, and I believe this is a picture of our world, our picture, the, a picture of our world that does not truly understand who God is in Christ and what God has done for them in Christ. In a world that says, how can I understand unless someone explains it to me? And we become, when we're sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit, we become answers to people's questions. Answers to people's puzzles. The Spirit says, go this way, and so Philip starts out. I want to end with this idea that to be led by the Spirit comes as a response to how God has come to us. And I say that because God is the gracious God who, is, who has a sustained movement towards you. Every single day, God is moving towards you. Every single day. With grace and mercy and truth and peace and joy. God is always moving towards us. The Bible says that his mercies are new every single morning. And no matter what you've done last week and how you've been struggling, God has a sustained movement towards. God is always coming towards you with words of love and embrace and forgiveness and rescue and salvation. And it is out of that place of God coming to us that we are to now be led by the Spirit in such a way where we move towards others in a kind of sustained movement, a reordering of our lives. My favorite line in all this is Philip, the Bible's saying about Philip, so he started out. And the invitation for us this day is, this, this week, God is going to, you're going to sense something, and you're going to sense something that it produces the fruit of the Spirit. God's going to invite you to pray for someone. God is going to invite you to speak to someone. God is going to invite you to be generous towards someone. God is going to invite you to encourage someone. God is going to invite you to affirm someone. And the invitation is for us to go, so we start out. And that we're faithful to the leading of the Spirit. And as we do that, lives will be transformed. As we do that, Jesus is glorified. As we do that, our lives become truly full. Let's pray together. Let's have the worship team come forward. God is a gracious, communicating God who loves the world so deeply and loves you so deeply. And God invites us, he could have done it all himself, but he invites us consistently to partner with him for the restoration of the world. What a holy calling. And so, like Philip, we're invited to just start out, to be on our way. I wonder this day how the Holy Spirit is leading you specifically. Some of you might already sense it. It's probably a significant decision that you need to make, and you sense the Spirit calling you. For others, maybe there's a name that came to mind, a face that came to mind that the Lord is inviting you to move towards for the sake of mission. For some of you, it's starting a ministry, starting a small group. Whatever it is, may God give us a courage and a boldness to say yes to the Spirit's leading. And so, Holy Spirit, would you move in this place? Would you open our lives to you, Lord, so easily we miss the promptings and the whispers and the nudges, the ways that you're looking to gently lead us into mission. And Lord, I pray that you would give us an openness to your spirit for those spontaneous moments. And Lord, may our lives be oriented in a sustained movement towards you. Lord, we need you to saturate our lives, to empower us. Without you, we can do nothing. And so we sing to you now, Holy Spirit, would you come, fill this place, fill our lives? We pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. 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 Let's all stand. Let's sing together.
1: There's nothing worth more. That will ever come close Nothing can compare You're our living hope Your presence, Lord I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of love where my heart becomes free and my shame is undone in your presence Nothing worth more that will ever come close. Nothing can compare your Shit! Yeah. Yeah. overcome by your presence Lord your presence, let us experience the glory of your goodness.
0: Let's keep singing it out. Oh,
1: Holy Spirit, you oh, come you. Come flood this
0: I don't know about you, but those words speak to the core of what I desire and the kind of person I want to be and the follower of Jesus I want to be. Let us become more aware of your presence. I mean, that's the kind of life I want to live. Let's just sing that bridge together. Let us become more aware of your presence. I mean, that's my prayer today. However the Lord leads us today, this week, we want an awareness of the Holy Spirit. It's not that God shows up and God was never there. It's God's always there and we just become aware of it. And so what we need is not God to show up. What we need is for us to be aware that God's already here. And so can we sing that? Let's just sing it with everything we have. as part of our hearts. May this be our prayer today as we close this service. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let's sing that with everything we have.
1: More aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your presence. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your presence. Let us, let us become more aware
0: name Holy Spirit Let's sing that together
1: Lord, Holy Spirit you are welcome. Here. Yes, Lord.
0: Amen. 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 Let's have our prayer team come to my left. We have Pastor Joe here who will offer the bread and the cup to us. You know, one of my favorite metaphors of the Holy Spirit is that the Spirit is wind. The Spirit is like wind. Wind that you cannot control. You walk outside on Queens Boulevard, and you know what it's like to get hit with the wind on Queens Boulevard. It's like, oh, and it's like, where did that come from? You don't know where it goes. And Jesus says in John 3 that the Holy Spirit is like the wind. You don't know where it's going. You don't know where it's coming from. All you know, it it shows up. And we want to be the kind of people who are blown by the wind of the Spirit's. That, that our lives are marked by. Now we all have our plans, we have our goals, we have our agenda. We, I mean, we, we have our lives together. And we need to have our plans and our goals and our, we need all that. And we need to say, Lord, what else do you have for me? Lord, where do you want to take me? What do you want to do in my life? And so it's not either or, it's, not it's both and. It's, yes, plan your life. Have your five-year goals. Have your 10-year goals. And then after you have that, you say, now, Lord, how do you want to move? And me be open to the wind of your spirit. And this is what I love about Philip. Philip is a man who is led by the spirit, open to those spontaneous moments because he has a sustained movement towards Jesus. And the world, there's many in the world that are waiting for you to be the answer to their prayer. And God is going to create divine appointments for you this week. There's stuff on God's calendar that God says, hopefully my daughter, hopefully my son will respond and RSVP to this moment here because there's something I want you to do. There's something I want you to say. And so, Lord, would you give us boldness? I love when in the book of Acts, when it says the Holy Spirit came, in one instance, it was tongues of fire that came and as, the, as the presence of the Holy Spirit came. In another chapter, it says that the Spirit came and filled them with boldness. We often want, like, the ecstatic supernatural. We don't want the boldness. Like, Lord, you're, you're going to ask me to do something now with that? Can I just have a good time with you? And Lord is like, No, I'm sending you out. And so, Lord, would you give us boldness today? Give us courage, Lord. Lead us by your Holy Spirit. Lead us, Lord, in the way we should go. Let me invite you to open your hands towards heaven to receive a blessing. One of the ways to have a sustained movement towards Jesus is through the Emotionally Healthy Spirituality course that we, we offer. And that course is a way of creating a spiritual life that's rooted in God, in prayer, in silence, in scripture, in rhythms. And so if you're trying to figure out how to have a sustained movement towards Jesus, that might be a good thing for you to do. And at the end of this service down in the yellow room, there's going to be Pete and Jerry will be down there to give a a short orientation about the class and some information there. So just stop in there for a few minutes to learn a little bit more about how you can have a sustained movement towards Jesus. Mm. With your hands in a posture of receiving brothers and sisters, sons and daughters of the living God, may the Lord bless you and may he keep you. Make his face to shine upon you and fill you with his peace. And may you walk out in the power of the Holy Spirit, being led by Jesus for the sake of the blessing of others. And may God use you with power this week. And may God speak to you and may you like Philip be on your way in saying yes to the invitations of the Holy Spirit in your life. And may God bless you in abundance as you say yes to his leading. I bless you all today in the strong and the beautiful and the resurrected name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. amen.